Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Dave Glover Show with Dave, Rachel, and Kevin. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring Outlet. The flooring experts. I got floor.com. It's 105 on DGS, uh, or a version of DGS, I guess we could call it. This would be the law firm of Hancock, Hancock, Kelly, Ronji, and Wheeler. Yeah. What's up, boys? There's it, yeah. too many guys in here. Way too many people in here. <laughs> too many of them on the dance floor. Way too many. It's a dude yeah. fest. Oh, What's up, fellas? Hey, yeah, what? how you doing? Merry Good. Christmas. What's going on? Didn't even know you were going to be here today, Kevin. I mean, This was a the, nice surprise. Nobody ever reads the schedule. This was on the schedule from the very beginning. So since there are 15 of us in this room, I'm leaving after this segment. <laughs> I'm just walking out. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, fine, Raji. Like, uh, you said, hey, I got a place for you to We've stay. We've got two Hancocks to Kelly. And... We're, we're good. We're good. Yeah. Such a positive, Michael Michael Kelly playing the part of Rachel today. I'm playing the part of Kevin Wheeler, and Uh Kevin Wheeler playing the part of Dave Glover. It's all straight now. Well, you guys share the hairdo. We do. You and Dave. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Not the tattoos, but the hair. Yeah, that's true. What's that mean? It's the truth. Jeez, this guy. You know, he's Wheeler's mad because people make fun of him for being short. And so what? now he's oh. now he's all over you for your haircut. I don't look. I love my hair. I say, how can I be mad about it? It's just the truth. Yeah, I'm short, <laughs> and I'm bald. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, mad it. about yes. a truth. Yeah, like why would I be mad about that? I could nothing I can do about it. You could be mad. I about could a get truth. DeSantis's shoes, maybe. Although I am I, grooving on that Detroit Lions like that? Uh, jacket. Yeah, oh, yeah. Finally, so this is what uh, I think it looks awful. So this is what happens. Everybody in my world obviously knows I've been a Lions fan since I was a little kid. Yeah, and they've sucked. Forever. Since you were a little kid. And they're finally pretty good. So for my birthday, for Christmas, I got a lot of Lions gear. Because everybody's like, oh, he likes the Lions. Let's get him some Lions <laughs> stuff. And the truth is I needed an update anyway. Like all my stuff was really old. I wore a sweatshirt, I think, a month ago that I had in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Really? Yeah. A Lions sweatshirt that I had in high school. You're almost 60. I'm 52. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, I'm almost sixty. Oh, you're almost 60. Yeah. That sh- that shirt has what is it? Thirty five years old? Forty years old? Oh, it's yeah. It's I, I definitely got it. If, if, if I didn't get it in high school, it was early in college. It was awesome. Somewhere between seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen or twenty. That's when I got it. Yeah. 
So, yeah, it's a 30-year-old sweatshirt. Well, what was your favorite iteration of the Detroit Lions as a kid growing up? Which... Uh, just Barry Sanders. Yeah. yeah. Like, we didn't have teams. We just had good players. Yeah. Barry and, <laughs> and Calvin. Woo. Oh, Calvin. I mean, think about oh. this. So you had one of the greatest running backs of all time. I would argue the best runner of the football. Not talking blocking or receiving. There's no better oh, carrier of the football ever true. than Barry that Sanders. That is absolutely true. You maybe have the most freakish gifted wide receiver in the history of the league. And that doesn't have the best numbers. Jerry Rice has the best numbers. But like six foot four, two twenty five, fast as hell. Nobody can defend him. He's he, he, one of the greats. And then everything and yet, else, straight garbage. But well, you had Matthew Stafford. Who's <laughs> oh, gonna be Matthew a Hall of Famer. Stafford. He's a Hall of Famer. Matthew Stafford. <laughs> Matthew Stafford's gonna be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> He's got a world. He's got a World Series. He's he does a, have a World Series. He's got a Super Bowl, and he's got all the stats. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. So you had those three guys, and in all of that time, one playoff win. Yeah, and that could still be the case. In three weeks, they could lose in the first game of the playoffs and still only have one playoff win in the is last it thirty possible? years. God willing, is it possible that Jared Goff <laughs> and Matthew Stafford will be opposing each other in the first round of the that playoffs? That would be the matchup today. Wow. Hey now. How cool Rams, is that? Rams line. Not, I don't like that at all. Yeah, I don't want to face the Rams. Unfortunate with Matt Stafford finally winning a playoff game in Ford Field. But yeah, yeah. The other guys. <laughs> yeah. That, I don't like that matchup at all. Oh. As a Lions fan, I don't want to face the Rams. Yeah, they're hot. I mean, well, not only that, but I mean, you've got Stafford. Stafford's better than Goff. He just is. They have a good running game. They've got a smart coach. I just don't like it. I just know. I know I'm a Lion. Listen, when you've been a Lions fan, it's like being a Cubs fan. It's like being a. Blues it's fan like, until yeah, the last Blues few years. fan until recently. You just well, no, you're all alone now because no, the Cubs won and the Blues won. Yeah, so, but I mean, it's like Cleveland too, right? Like they don't win anything ever until the the Cavaliers yeah. did, but they hadn't won anything. Like you just expect the worst. The difference between the Lions and say the Cubs there for a while or whatever is the Lions are never good. All those other teams had little runs here and there where they were good for a period of time. The Lions never good, never. I think they've had like three winning seasons in 20 years. Here's a fun fact about the Lions. They were one of the three teams that defeated the St. Louis Rams in their Super Bowl season of 2000. Yeah. Now there you go. The they Lions get, were they bad. They got the they one random. Us. Yeah. Get the one random. Were the Saints the other? Saints, I think, beat us once. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, uh. Now the Rams are not that great, but they're probably, I mean, they're, they're a team you don't want to face. Peaking at the right time. Well, I mean, they're just. They're dangerous because of who they have, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I'm mean, hearing some something. I heard audio yeah, somewhere. We're hearing things We're all happen. looking at each other like, who's talking? Okay. Who's I don't hear anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, good luck to your Lions in their one playoff game. Well, hopefully hopefully it'll be more than that. But at this point, uh, I don't have expectations. I've been scarred enough. <laughs> <laughs> I was here like, I, I, they, like Ron, I know you're a Bears fan, and you, you've worked up there, so you know the Bears fans. I've heard enough whining from Chicago fans like, oh, we're so sad for the Bears, the Bears. Like, You guys have a Super Bowl. You've been to another one. Relax. How many people were alive for it, though? <laughs> yeah, you've been to everybody was at the Everybody was alive for the Rex Grossman Super Bowl. You've at least oh, that was been there. Bad. You've at least had some runs. The Li- Let me tell you something about that. You know the last time the Lions won anything? My 75-year-old dad was eight years old. The, uh, the Rex Grossman Super Bowl. Um... This one of my great sports moments as a fan ever was the opening kickoff when Devin Hester, who is, by the oh, way, yeah. a pro football Hall of Fame uh, candidate, 
He took the opening kickoff to the house. He did. Yeah. I remember. And that. I thought, oh my God, they might win this game. And then no, no, no. <laughs> he was uh, so obviously he's a Miami guy, and all the, back in that time, he was. There was no Twitter, and there's nothing like that. So everybody was talking about everything in chat rooms. Were you ever in chat rooms, like the sporting chat rooms? Or they don't Where, know Mike, what a chat room Mike, is. Michael's like I was in the dating chat room. Yeah, Junior yeah, knows what it right. is. But. We, we, so we, you would be talking sports with your fellow fans in these little chat rooms, and nobody used his name. They just used the alien emoji for him. He's on. He was unbelievable. He's, 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 they had emojis a, back then. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Who knew? In the chat room. <laughs> yeah. In the chat room, they had emojis. Yes. You just found out what a chat room is. I know what a chat room is. Where you what go? Is and, it? You, you go and chat. In the room. <laughs> is it a physical place? How big is, is the room, John? Place? Huh? How big is the room? Well, usually? it depends on the size of the chat. Okay. I mean, if, if, you, if you if you if you've got you know half a dozen guys, in is there, it required and, to have one or two doors? Oh, uh, just one door. Just one door. I'll tell you what. This chat room is not big enough for all of us. <laughs> that's why this is a chat room. This is a chat room. Yes, and that's why I'm leaving in five minutes. <laughs> Good for you. Well, and happy life. New Year, Ron. Hey, uh, congrats. You're... Well, I don't know if congrats yet, but London Fletcher. And Tory Holt are on the uh, Pro Football the Hall of Fame list. ballot. Yep, the finalists. Got, the wide receiver group is ridiculous. It is. It's really. Good. I mean, you've got Tory, Andre Johnson, uh, Devin Hester. Really wasn't that. He's more of a special teams guy, but technically played some wide receiver. Um, who else? There's another one I'm missing. Another really elite one that I'm forgetting uh, that is also on the ballot. But I mean, that's we it's only named the three I care about. Yeah, Tory should be in. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I well, agree this is his second or third or fourth time. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong about London Fletcher. Did he not start out as, like, just a special teams player for the Rams and then the middle linebacker got hurt and they put him in? I could be that wrong That I don't remember. That. I think, you might be right. I think I might be right. I'm, every now and then I'm right when I spout something <laughs> it's rare. Like that. We, we usually write it down <laughs> in your little permanent record. I think he was a special teams player and he was a good one. And then he all of a sudden, and then he had what? A I 15, think you're thinking 16, of Dre Bly. I'm not thinking of Dre Bly. No, he was, he was the first round pick. Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, no I'm okay. thinking of London Fletcher. Of Were you North thinking Carolina? of London Fletcher? Yeah. He had oh. like a 15, 16 year career. Yeah, long I mean, career. He he ought to be in the Hall of Fame. That guy was a stud. Did he go to Tennessee after he was done with us? Where did he Washington. wind up? Washington. Washington. Yeah. Oh, Reggie Wayne was the other one I was thinking of. Oh, oh my yeah, gosh, that's a, yeah. that's a great, great, one. great receiver. Yeah. So that's that's all he's got to deal with. It's Tory Holt, Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson, and well, then Devin Hester. But like three of the all time great wide receivers, and they're probably only going to pick one. Yep. Might as well be Tory. Might as well be Tory. Uh, Tory's probably been on the longest, right? So maybe yeah. that's the go seniority, because those guys are all contemporaries. But I think he's he I think he's been on the on the on the ballot longer. Yep, eight consecutive thousand out? yard years. Do they time out like you do in baseball? No, you can only no. They don't have a they don't have the whole uh-huh. ten years and you're off the ballot thing. I think NFL does it right. They do it better than they do the Hall of Fame better than than baseball for sure. There's five yeah. players every year. You're always going to have a celebration. You're always going to yeah. have the same number of people. Plus, they've got contributors and everybody else that goes into. It's always about, and you're going to get more players and fan bases recognized, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where baseball is like, well, we oh. only have one this year, and it was on the on the veterans. Like, I, I honestly do it correctly, Kevin. I I don't know about you. Maybe you disagree, but I think baseball uh, Hall of Fame voters take themselves way more oh, seriously than yeah. any other sport. Well, they also do this properly. They do it. They do it. They, it's, it's a it's a more logical process. You get into a room and you talk about all of the candidates and you actually will go back and forth as opposed to 
600 people casting random anonymous ballots. And yeah. you don't have to post your ballot. You can keep it secret if you want to, which is how you end up with people not voting for Stan Musial, not voting for Hank Aaron, not voting for Willie Mays. I'm like, are you kidding me? And I'll say this. If you're too embarrassed to publish your ballots, give then maybe up. your ballot's bad. Yeah, give right? it up. Give it up. Stop voting. Yeah. Yeah. But in the NFL, they get in the chat room. They yeah. do. They do uh-huh. get in the chat room. Yeah, they, yeah, they and go we, in the chat room at, here, the hall, at the Super Bowl. Here's Hancock's heard this unpopular opinion from me related to Hall of Fames, but I think the Baseball Hall of Fame is the most overblown waste of time I've ever uh, experienced. Oh, you've been? I haven't been. Yeah. yeah. It's in the middle of uh, nowhere, New York. From Cooperstown. It's a bunch of, you could go into a mausoleum and look at as many plaques as they have <laughs> hanging up. <laughs> It's a hall of history. And there's, you know, they got one or two rooms where you walk through and there's some baseballs and stuff. But it's, I mean, the science so center is far more baseballs. exciting than Have the, you been to any other halls of fame? No. Okay. I, well, I, was just curi- I was just curious me. if you were going to compare it no, to No, I expected like, it. And maybe it's because it's St. Louis and we're so yeah. over the top with baseball. But I was expecting Disney World and I got, uh, yeah. you know, a Sunoco restroom. It's a, it's a museum. <laughs> 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 It's a hallowed. It's a hallowed hall. You got a soap dispenser and everything. <laughs> and it's a little quaint town there. You got right yeah. there in Cooperstown. Yeah. And New I'm York. not disparaging any because I think it's the more prestigious of the Hall of Fames is the baseball one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do. It's Don't funny you? Hearing you say well, yeah. it that way because prestigious. Yeah, but yeah. I've always argued or prestigious. Too, Have you been there? No. Yeah. No. Have you guys been to? Canton? I'm not really. No. I've been to Canton. Yeah. Really? Yeah. How is it? It was lovely. You see OJ. Uh, he was not there, oh. but they got all these holograms talking. Vince Lombardi uh-huh. gave a speech to me right in there, huh. in the in the locker room. Did he address you by name? Well, he said John. Yeah, and uh, he, but I mean, he gave a speech in the locker room, and and there I was sitting on the bench. That's right cool. There. It was very cool. Was See, little... that sounds more exciting than baseball right there already. Well, the hollowed hall, Michael. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> with a mausoleum. You were in the hologram chat room. Yes, <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, Michael's just so mad about it. I just kind of, I kind of hallowed hall, more like a hollow hall. There's nothing in here. Yeah, <laughs> hate this place. I'm leaving. How long does it take to get there from New York? Uh, well, so I was in Albany. Um, That's the capital, of New and York. so Thanks. I, I, th- I want to say it was like 50 miles, 60 miles from That's Albany. That's still... an hour. It's upstate New York, dude. It's you know. It's it's a cute little town. The town itself is like an Adorable. old town St. Charles. Yeah. And everything around it's related to baseball and you can go into a bunch of little baseball knickknack shops and get yourself bobbleheads and stuff like that. And they've got kind of a carnival like atmosphere where they you can go hit against pitching machines, etc. But then you go to the actual Hall of Fame and it's just kind of an old brick building that's been added onto. Yeah. And it's nothing really beyond a couple of exhibits and a lot of plaques. I'd love to hear you describe the Louvre. <laughs> I've been it's there. It's just this old hey, building. Hey, with no, a bunch no, of the Louvre, the Louvre is incredible. The Louvre <laughs> is one of the most special places on the planet. Have you been? Yes, I have. Yeah, well, it's then you amazing. know exactly what I'm talking about. And what's incredible about the Louvre is that, like, you go into the part that they recently built, the underground yeah, the space, underground, yep. but all those buildings that surround it and stuff, you could spend a whole day in just one building at the Louvre mm-hmm. and not see the stuff. Did you know Kevin speaks French? Oh, wee, 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 monsieur. Hmm. Do you really? Yeah. Fluently? I mean, used to be fluently. Now oh. it's more like half fluently. Well, that's... But you take it in can school? Can you... I had, I had uh, eight years, so it was my second wow. major in college. Oh, man, you're smart. Yeah. Can, you, can stuff. you, in French, describe what's wrong with Michael? Please. Yeah. Beaucoup de choses. 
Oh. Oh. Muy loco. That means oh. a lot. Oh. So so the Louvre, that's over there in uh Paris. in France. Is that yeah. a dolphin yeah, in France? Now if you if you take the one hour if you take the one it's hour tour of that thing, it's oh. called the, the Jiffy Louvre. <laughs> oh the Jiffy Louvre. Yeah. Ron, do you want to go on that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is Ron, are, you, are you headed north? Yeah. Good for you. Happy I New am. Year, man. Happy hey, New thanks, Year, Ron. Ron. Enjo- thanks, enjoy everybody. yourself up there. I love you all. Happy New Year. Mr. Per- you, Mr. Positivity I'm, himself. I'm leaving the chat room. <laughs> Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. TGS on a Thursday, although it's not really, it's not, I mean, there's, it doesn't count. Is it really still, I mean, it is the TGS time, so we'll call it that. Well, it is. There's only one of us of the DGS here. That's me, but obviously. Uh, one more than we've had earlier, all week. The, the law firm of Hancock, Hancock, and Kelly are with us. We didn't mention, I mean, I did mention it in that way, but would you like to do your introduction for your son? Well, he's our NFL insider, John yeah. Hancock from Chicago, Illinois. Hi. Happy to be here as always. Nice I mean, we heard from you last segment, and I mean, we mentioned that there was two Hancocks here, not one, but we didn't do the formal. So my apologies for not doing the formal introduction at the beginning. It's all good. We got a nice little group. We're gonna you're gonna hang out till like three ish. Yeah, nice. So we I know we did some football there, and we'll do some more like real like NFL stuff, like good football stories coming up, including you know the real hardcore football story of how Taylor Swift is the Yoko Ono of the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, or how do you which get is to, such a joke? I'd like to get one of these contracts where they pay me to go away, like Russell Wilson. <laughs> That's a whole. I mean that that. You you can kind of choose where you want to go, but I think those are the two big stories. <laughs> yeah, no in, doubt. in addition to the the NFL playoffs and of course the Lions owning the league. Yeah, and I just owning have to say league. that Taylor Swift has more talent in her pinky than Yoko Ono had in her entire career. <laughs> just, just to set the record. Well, straight. no, this is a good point because Yoko was never really the show. Exactly. I mean, huh? did, did Yoko did Yoko have like sold out stadium tours of her own? 
I'm with you guys, but I think the comparison of Yoko Ono to um, who who are we comparing? Taylor Swift, Michael. Taylor Swift. I mean, Yoko Ono was no. Travis Kelsey's no John Lennon. No. Well, in, in fact, John it, Lennon's in a whole other stratosphere from he, Travis Kelsey. Sorry. Well, I don't know. Travis Kelsey may be the John Lennon of tight ends. Uh, He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, but I mean, there's other tight ends in that conversation. There's not other people in the conversation yeah, when it comes to John Lennon in terms of what he contributed to music. I think that guy was like a modern day Beethoven. Well, you know, that's, a, that's a little... Alive in our day. No, he was. This is a guy that doesn't like the Baseball Hall of Fame, and now he's calling John Lennon Beethoven over here. Well, I think John Lennon... <laughs> listen, I think he was probably one of the most impactful people of uh, of the last century. You can make that case. That's yeah. why, you that's why that the case. FBI had a file on him. I yeah. don't think that Taylor Swift or Travis Kelsey rise to that level. Let's, let's do that part of this now, because it's not really a sports <laughs> story. We'll do real football later. People are idiots. Yes. Well... People are idiots. Took you fifty two like, years to figure nah, that out. You know, it, 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 it comes in drips. It comes yeah. slowly. <laughs> but the fact that there are actually people who think that anything related to Taylor Swift has anything to do with the performance of the Kansas City Chiefs, you're idiots. You're idiots <laughs> yeah. if you think that. But at the same time, <laughs> I, I'll take the the, con, the the converse argument in that we've all been force fed Taylor Swift by the NFL. And by the networks for the last year, over and above what she was doing via music. They chose to capitalize on her. So is it a surprise that when things aren't going well, people are going to say, well, what about Taylor Swift? Well, it's never a surprise when people... I I like their relationship. I'm a Taylor fan. I don't care one way or the other about it. I agree that the TV networks go over the top with the cuts to Taylor celebrating up in the press box. That is not impacting the performance of players on the field, is my point. True that. And... Sports fans, and I know people that are fans of other things are irrational too, right. but sports fans believe dumb things sometimes. Like they, they'll believe anything that suits their narrative. It can't be that, well, they were too stupid to go out and make sure they had good enough wide receivers mm-hmm. this year. They had too much confidence in their ability to find a bunch of nobodies from nowhere and, oh, Patrick Mahomes will just make them better. They were wrong. The builders of the football team got it wrong. And it has got Mahomes playing the worst football of his career. So far. And obviously Kelsey's been hurt since the preseason. So and he's that's being their only guy. Teamed. Well, this is it. Because right. there's nobody. I mean, DeSmet's out. The DeSmet freshmen are out on the yes. on the outside. Yes, but but people want to attribute their record to Taylor Swift being in a in the suite. Yeah, I didn't know. Replaced, uh... Eric Bieniemy with Matt Nagy, the well, former Bears you. coach, and that's been a disaster. We should have asked Ronge about that. Nagy's a he's a disaster as a coordinator. He was he was yeah. horrible as a head coach in Chicago, and I don't know why Andy Reid hasn't just taken control of it himself. Because, and this, by the way, does prove because there were people like, is it really Eric Bieniemy or was it Andy Reid? No, 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 it was Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, yeah. He, he was he was the reason there. One of the reasons why their offense. I mean, Mahomes is the reason, but you know, people kind of downplayed Bieniemy because they had Mahomes. I think maybe we learned a lesson there. Personnel matters, both your coaching and your performers. And your backup singers. But the girlfriend of your tight end doesn't make any difference when it comes to your football team's record. I didn't know what Taylor Swift looked like until she started dating Travis Kelsey. It wasn't love, it wasn't hate, it was a difference. difference.
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. After 1.30 on DGS, and uh, I guess we probably should get into something relatively important. Uh, okay. we, we're going ha- to spend probably as much time having fun today as we will have like solving the world's problems, which is kind of what we do on DGS on a day-to-day basis anyway. But um, if I were to ask any of the three of you guys, and that would be John Sr., John Jr., Michael. If I were to ask any of you guys off the cuff, what started the Civil War? <laughs> Would you think you'd have a reasonable answer that you could per, you could give to me or anyone asking you that question? Even if you're not a full-on Civil War aficionado, even if you're not an historian, would you at least have some basic 30-second description of what was at the root of the Civil War in the United States? Because Nikki Haley uh, booted that. She did. Uh, and this is it's a classic political... A mistake that I'm a little surprised she'd made it because she's been a two-time elected governor. Uh, of she, South Carolina, too. Of South Carolina. Well, it's important to remember she was from a southern state, so she she knows what's up. <laughs> yeah. This isn't the first time she's been confronted with this question. So, well, it it may be. But, but let's say I don't I don't think she was prepared for that question. And so there's, there's two instincts in, 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 as a politician when you get asked a question. And the wrong instinct is to quickly in, in a nanosecond read the room and figure out what that room is wanting to hear and try as your best as you can to deliver that message. And that's a fundamental mistake that a lot of young politicians make. Um, the, the other way to deal with a question like that where you think, you know, your answer may not be the most popular in the room but you give the answer, and then you expand on it. And so the way to handle a question, and here's here's the example I'll use. When I was running for state rep, I was running as a pro-life Republican in a district that was about 74% pro-choice. So when you go to knock on a door and the female that answers the door asks you what your position on abortion is, the former approach, the Nikki Haley approach of yesterday would be, well— it's a, it's a complicated uh, situation and da, 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 blah blah. So what I always did when they asked me your position on a, my position on abortion, I would say I'm pro-life, but I understand why it's a complicated issue for people because it pits the value of life against the value of liberty, two cornerstone values in our country, and blah blah blah. And we may disagree on that. So what she should have done there, what was the cause of the Civil War? She should have said. Well, slavery was the cause of the Civil War, but there was so much more going on in the country at that time. You had a, a, an agrarian rural economy in the South and a rapidly industrializing economy in the North, and it was a clash of two ways of living. And so, yes, slavery was the root cause of that struggle, but there was so much more that divided the country at the time. 
That was the answer she should have given. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Like, why is that hard, though? Especially, well, like, she wasn't prepared for it. Well, this I, is my point, though. Like, but, but her thing, her thing is she's good at this type of stuff. Yep. No. If she's not good at this type of knowing she, things. She knew full well what she was doing, guys, when she answered the question. This is the governor of South Carolina. This isn't the first time the Civil War has become. In fact, if you go down there, having spent some time in the South, nearly everything in their legislative session at some time or another is going to relate back to the Civil War and our history and our heritage and blah, blah, blah. She was trying to give the answer that she thought that the crowd and yeah. more importantly that the Republicans were an- interested in. And I think it speaks to where this party's at that they can't go and speak directly to it. Now, let me tell you something. I spent a lot of time traveling with Dick Gephardt around Iowa and New Hampshire. They are special uh, places when it comes to presidential campaigns because it's probably the only place where actual citizens get to interact with these candidates who are running for president of the United States. Let me tell you what Nikki Haley's daily life is like. Nikki Haley's daily life is she gets up and she goes to 20 to 25 little coffees, clutches, little things, and all these little podunk towns across Iowa and New Hampshire. And she'll give her little 15-minute stump speech, which is the same speech. I could get Dick Gephardt's 15-minute stump speech right now which is the same speech she should have been given for the last six months and she's going to continue to give for the next three months. And then you get crazy questions. And when I tell you you get crazy questions, you have people asking you about Bigfoot and uh, you'll have people asking you uh, ridiculous questions about, uh, you know, the state of Iowa succeeding from uh, the, the union. And you get these other questions. So what the, the key for these candidates, Dick Gephardt, Nikki Haley, any of them, is to stick to the script because there's literally, guys, hundreds of news guys following these people around and they're looking for the one change in the stump speech or the one slip to an answer. This is not, she knew full well what the root causes of. Of course she does. And she didn't want to say it because she is afraid that it's going to offend the Republican Party. And and she may I think uh, it's a disqualifying answer that she wanted. Oh, it's up not giving. a disqualifying. Of course answer. it is because she knew full well what she was doing. It's and not playing. A now, the reason it's not disqualifying is because the person she's running against would sit there and say it had nothing to do with slavery. That's Donald Trump, and he can get away with it. But she's supposed to be this competent adult who knows full well how to answer a question, knows that every question that's being asked of her on this stump are gotcha questions. And to give that answer, it was 100% completely calculated the way that she answered it. It was calculated the way she answered it. But I'm my contention is that she wasn't prepped for that question. She didn't know that question was coming. And yeah, so but, she made a snap decision. John, she's been in public life for understand. 20 years. That, that question's come up in uh, South Carolina, etc. This lady's running for president of the United States. This isn't somebody who's just trying out for the basketball let team. Let us not forget. She's a pro. Let us not forget that it was Nikki Haley that removed the Confederate flag from flying above the Capitol Dome in South exactly, Carolina. Exactly, which even speaks further to the fact that she was being calculated in the way that she spoke, and she was trying to appease this mouth-breathing, ex- uh, the, this mouth-breathing constituency that's inside the Republican Party that still would like to be fighting a civil war over slavery. Well, the reality of the Civil War is that it was far more complex than slavery. Slavery was the root of what 
caused the Civil War. Uh, and when but you start was, talking like that, you lose 90% of the voters no, in this don't. country. Because no, we don't. all understand it. Well, unless you're down Four, in the three, South six, and you're seven, some, no, Oh, yeah. Let's, let's bring up the old KMOX for the conservatives <laughs> to talk about this. We better get the dump button. All I'm, all I'm saying, all I'm saying, Michael, and I'm right about this, is that slavery was the root cause. It certainly was the manifestation of the conflict between North and South. But there was a lot more going on. She knew that So time. she could have exactly. easily said she, what That's what she, she should have said. I mean, like, she... she, it's, she was that's prepared. exactly what she should have said. In she the, knew exactly what she was doing. In the coverage of all of this, this is kind of to the point where I wanted to get into this topic because this is entirely about how people, quote, play the room, right? Because in 2015, she did remove the Confederate flag right. from the state capitol. In 2010, when she was running for governor, she defended the southern states' right to secede from the Union during the Civil War. Like, how do you keep going back and forth on these things if you're not simply telling the people in the room what they want to hear because you want their support? Because your belief system and your thought processes don't line up with the folks that you're trying to entice to vote. This is not a surprise question to a governor from the South. I'm sorry. they, They are living these things on a daily basis. She's been asked this question before. It was calculated what she was doing, and I think she deserves the consequences of looking like well, a boob. What was calculated? What she does for doing. This. Let's go back and see how she answered the abortion question during the debate. Remember how nuanced and effective that yeah, answer yeah. was? Because yeah. it had just come up. Because she was prepared for the question, she knew what she was going to say. If she was prepared for the what's caused the Civil War question, she would not have given that answer. No, she the, wasn't prepared. Well, for then it. what is wrong with her? If if, she, if you uh, well, don't I know that race is was, one of the most the, the biggest driving issues in this country, in the same instance that abortion and the economy is, then then you're completely naive and you ought not be running for president. When, when asked, I'm saying to you, I agree with you, John. She knew what she was doing. She's not telling the truth she wasn't because prepared. she wants to appease these extremists. She wasn't prepared for the question, and she took the wrong path to answer a question. She tried to read the room and give the answer that she thought the room wanted to hear rather than what which I would advise any of my clients. If you ask a controversial question on which you have a position, state your position right out of the gate and then explain it. Yeah. That's the way to do but it. The, That's the way to do it. And but, she didn't do that here. But this isn't how do you feel about book bans or how do you feel about some issue that needs a nuanced answer? What caused the Civil War? Slavery. Well, slavery that, was it's, certainly it's, the great cause. It's, it's, well, I just explained to you that there was a whole lot more going on in the country. Slavery was certainly the, the fundamental flashpoint that caused the Civil War. No question about that. Uh, the North was was trying to limit the expansion of slavery, and the South didn't like that. But fundamentally, it was about a clash of cultures that you had, an agrarian society based on slave labor versus a rapidly industrializing modern economy in the North and two completely different styles of living, cultures. Explanations are complicated. Facts are simple. It was slavery. She knows the answer. You know the answer. I know the answer. She didn't say it because she's out there appeasing to appealing to an extremist wing of this party. I don't even know that it's extremist. I think it's the mainstream of the Republican Party. Well, what I just articulated on the Civil War is I don't consider an extremist position uh, at all. I think it's a historically rooted position, and I think it's it is effective. There was the Civil War was a very complex time in American history. There was a culmination of decades of things, of which slavery was at the pinnacle. But it certainly was not the only thing that divided the North from the South. And you had 
you know, the whole concept of federalism in this country from its very inception has been uh, a stress point. Federalism being states' rights versus the role of the federal government. That's We've been in constant stress over the idea of federalism since our founding, and we screwed it up in the Articles of Confederation, tried to fix it in the Constitution, but it's been a stress point throughout the entirety of our history. So I, it's, it's too simplistic to say slavery was the only cause of the Civil War. It certainly was the apex, the pinnacle of it, but there was a whole lot so more going on. It's, it would be too simplistic to say that the cause of uh, the Cardinals' poor season this year was pitching. There was far more complications, but if we went out and asked no. everybody in St. Louis, no, what pitching. was wrong with the Cardinals this it, it year, they pitching. would say it was pitching. Yeah, yeah. It was what pitching. caused the Civil War? Slavery. Well, it's I think, that simple. I think that this, this all could have easily been handled, right? I mean, like... If she had just started with slavery, well, slavery was at the root cause of what started the war, but yeah. that it meant a lot more. There's no discussion. To that. That's exactly but, right. Which but, is like the most basic eighth grade but, answer. That's but right. what I'm saying to you is she knows that she knew the answer was slavery. She wasn't prepped for it. She wasn't going to say that because that is what she is being. She's just a, a, a jellyfish trying to entice these. <laughs> Uh, ridiculous extremist that is the Republican Party who really do believe this stuff. Quick two-minute thing on this. Because when you're saying prepared, do you mean specifically in the days leading up to this, given a pat answer for that particular so, question? A, a, yes, a candidate... Because has, I feel like, I, and I mentioned this to you guys out there, like, I've been talking on the radio for almost 30 years. Every day, you know, five days a week for 28 years. So maybe my perspective is wrong on this because of what I do. I would think that those answers or what is your political what is what is your economic policy? What do you think about health care? What do you think about abortion? I would think that anyone in those positions wouldn't have to be specifically prepped for any of those well, things because those are your core beliefs right. and they're basic things. They're not it's not um, you know, it's, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm oversimplifying. So you, you, you prep a candidate to be able to art best articulate their position and viewpoint on issues. And so they've got. A whole list of things that you and you you practice them and you go back and forth. It's like we call it a murder board and you go back and forth and back and forth and you ask the question, get the answer, ask the question, refine it. Nothing wrong with that. You're helping the candidate articulate their position. Then there are questions that aren't on your murder board that you hadn't thought about. Uh, they weren't something that you'd prepped for. This was one of those. And what you teach the candidate in those cases is give your answer and then explain it. What she started doing was explaining it before giving the answer of what caused a civil war. That was a mistake, okay? And she's trying to clean it up today, but that was a mistake. Uh, and, yes, it was calculated to the extent that she took the wrong approach upon hearing the question, but it obviously wasn't effective for her. No. So, uh, Oh, it's probably effective with some out there. In the Republican Party, who don't believe that slavery was one of the root causes of the Civil War. I don't think there's anybody that doesn't believe slavery was one of the root causes of the Civil War. Let's get the former president on the line. <laughs> So do we think this does long-term damage to Nikki Haley? 
Well, I, I was going to ask you guys next because my even though this is a to me, it's an, if you're a president, I, I have a standard about everything, whether it's sports, um, politics. If you're supposed to be one of the best, and I'm assuming that if you're running for president, you believe you're one of the best. Or if you're going to be a head coach, if you're going to be you know, Gordon Ramsay, master chef, you should be able to handle anything that's going to be thrown at you in that setting. Yeah. Okay, you're not at a you're not at a you know at a family get together and somebody throws a question at you and you're not ready. You're in public. You're on right. Your brain is on. My standard has always been for like I see this with athletes all the time, where they answer something in a horrible way or a, a head coach that like completely dismisses the most obvious question. They're like no, 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 you should be prepared to handle that question. It shouldn't be hard. It shouldn't be easy. And I wonder with your guys' experience, mm-hmm. how much of it is brain lock versus calculation in your own experience? Well, that, like, was a, that was just a that was a terrible gaffe that she made yesterday. But uh, you know, every politician, I don't care how good they are, are going to make a gaffe at some point. They're going to say the wrong president of Bolivia. I mean, you know, there are various levels of it. Nolan Arenado made some errors last year. Yeah. He didn't win a gold glove. I mean, he's a yeah. professional. Uh, so this was a, a gaffe, and it was a big one by Nikki Haley. In the big scheme of things, I think it's largely irrelevant because I don't think she she's ever had it. a chance to yeah. be the nominee. Yeah, but I don't think she believes she's going to be the nominee either. I think all of the candidates that are on the Republican side had to have settled into about three or four months ago that they need forces outside of their control to make themselves the nominee. Yep. Hence the reason they're staying in it, because you know they believe that maybe some of the charges are real here and maybe that the former president's not the right person. Um, so I, yeah, I think every one of these people knows they're running for, uh, runner up in the, you know, Miss America contest for the Republicans. Isn't it, it, it always fascinates me because like, if you look at the last two presidents, different reasons, different ways, but there are, when you mentioned gas, there are gas. Joe right? Biden I mean, called the secretary of transportation yeah. booty juice. The other yeah, day. yeah, this is my point. Like <laughs> there, there are different ones. Like you can argue whether some of them are more intentional right. on one guy's side right. where they're just yeah. old age. On another. doesn't matter but, to me. There are a lot of gaffes. Yeah. Doesn't matter for either of them with the large majority. And, and I guess my question is, does any of it matter at no, all when it comes so, to the general? Because everybody's going to vote for the team for their team, essentially. I, I do not think this is going to hurt Nikki Haley. I think it will ultimately help her in the long run uh, because I th- it's almost like code words to these folks out there. And uh, I don't think this is going to hurt her on top of the fact that nothing seems to matter anymore. And I think the former president <laughs> is teaching us that on a daily basis. Yeah, nothing I, I mean, stuff that would have killed any campaign I've ever worked on, you know, if you go back just through the... 2015 on history of Donald Trump. I mean, he's, you know, he's killed his campaign a hundred times, 150 times. And it it doesn't matter. It hasn't mattered. So, and Michael makes a point there. Did he, did he, I'm trying to think of the right way to put this. Did he crack the code in that? If you just constantly say and do whatever you want, it's just too much. And nobody, and eventually people just move past it. Or was this just the world going this way anyway because of the way social media is, the way people consume information, whether it was him or anyone else? This was the direction it was heading, where mistakes don't matter, we just move past them. Lies don't matter, we just move past them. Basically, do and say what you want because you create your own reality in part because of how human beings work. And I forget which school, might have been MIT, I think it was an MIT study that looked at people's social media habits. And they took people who are conservative, people that are liberal, and they drew big circles around their social media 
worlds, Mm -hmm. and those circles don't connect. There's no overlap. So there are people that, when you're talking about where most people get a lot of their day-to-day information, they don't see any of the crossover. There's no connective tissue. Were we heading in this way anyway, where people are just going to believe whatever it is they want to believe no matter what? I think that's part of it. Yeah, I think that's part of it. And um, I also think that the the wave of populism that Donald Trump identified was a whole lot bigger than I thought it was. And that I think many people thought it was. And, you know, he fundamentally transformed what makes up a Republican voter. Donald Trump's not a conservative. But he is a populist, and he speaks to, clearly, millions and millions of people who distrust institutions. They don't like the establishment. They don't like the justice system. They don't, you know. And he's he has gone all in on that and found that there was a whole lot more support for that approach than um, maybe even he thought when he got into this thing. I don't think Donald Trump thought he was going to be president when he got into the race in 2015, but he did. Yeah, and those people are out there. And they're not they're not so much whack jobs as as they just are alienated from the institutions of American society. Well, I, I mean, we've talked about this in the past uh, at nauseum about how all of us can view the world through whatever prism we want. And in fact, you can block out the other voices. I mean, when John and I first started in this business against each other. We had to lobby the same newspaper reporters, yeah. and we would spend, uh, you know, I knew she just got off the phone with John, and I'd call and chew on the reporter for a little bit, and we were in the hopes, and, the, and consumers, regardless of uh, economics or anything, all had to consume it because there were a limited amount of places to do it. Now we have such a plethora, and you can get into a place where you can only see the world through whatever you know, anime or, or uh, you know, a frat boy or whatever thought process you want to have, you can make sure that so your whole life is yeah. just that. However narrow it may be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I've been pretty clear over time. I, I'm not a big fan of, of Donald Trump and the way he does things, but I'm not a big fan of how we act as people. Like we, I think he would, I think he may have sped up the process. I think we were headed down this path of everybody's only going to hear what they want to hear Regardless, because you just don't expose yourself. I mean, your your choice of a TV news network changes what ver- version of the world you're going to hear about. Dude, dude, anger and hatred is one of the most powerful drugs inside of all of us. I quit social media because I was coming up with pithy ways to say mean things about people. <laughs> yeah. And literally quit on the night yeah. Donald Trump got elected because I was like, I don't want to be thinking this way. Well done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 